0: Which players are most likely to be All-Americans at the conclusion of the 2023-24 college basketball season? We're going to make our picks on today's Locked On College Basketball podcast. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up folks and welcome into the Locked On College Basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Your Team Every Day. I'm your host, Andy Patton, and today's episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. Happy Thursday, folks, joined today by our regular guest, to Lean. We're going to do a simple exercise today. Now that we've seen the preseason All-American team, we are going to each draft 10 players back and forth who we think might be All-Americans at the end of the year. When we get to the actual All-American award ceremony in March, we're going to give each other points. If If one of my players was an All-American first-teamer, I get three points, second-teamer, two points, third-teamer, one point tally it up at the end of the year and see how we did pretty simple, but I think it's a fun exercise to get a glimpse of kind of who we think are going to be those premier talents by the time the season ends in March leaf. As always, I'm going to throw it to you. I think I'm probably gifting you three points here right off the bat, uh, but want to see who you're taking first in an all American draft for this upcoming season.
1: I feel like I have to take Zach UD. I mean, (laughs) he's, he's going to get you 20 and 10. Yeah. And I think there's a chance that Trey Kaufman-Wren eats into a little bit of his production as the team's more well-rounded, but 20 and tens an All-American. And as long as he's healthy, knock on wood, which I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, I think I got three points right there.
0: 100%. That is one of the easiest picks in this entire thing. And I have two players that I'm d- deciding between, and I have a feeling you'll probably take whoever I don't pay- take here. Um, I'm going to go with the best transfer in potentially college basketball history or at least the most notable one a previous All-American and Hunter Dickinson going over to Kansas Uh, I think Bill Self loves his bigs he's going to use Dickinson a lot I think you know Dewan Harris is a great facilitator they got shooters around him I think it's a really good offensive setup for Dickinson to put up even if his numbers are just similar to what he put up at Michigan that's enough for him to be an All-American especially if the Jayhawks finish as a top five team like they're projected to do.
1: Yeah, that was definitely going to be my pick if you did not take him. But I'm going to switch gears here. I'm going to take a guard Mm -hmm. um, because I think there are fewer guards than bigs. And so if I can get one of them, I've got a good chance to get a first or second teamer. I'm going to go with Tyler Kolek of Marquette. Uh, He was projected as the Big East player of the year, and he was the reigning Big East player of the year. I think he's going to be on a top five team for much of the year. and, And often team success is important in the individual awards.
0: Yeah. When you said you were taking a guard, I started typing Kolek in our notes already because I assumed that had to be the pick there and and, and a really good one. I think if Marquette is truly a top five or even top 10 team uh, with the type of production he's capable of, he's going to be in that conversation. Well, you didn't take the guy I thought you were going to take, which leaves me with going double bigs early. I'm going to go with Duke retur- returnee Kyle Filipowski. Uh, he put up 15-9 and nine or so last year. Uh, Duke returns a lot of the same players. It'll be interesting to see if the guards take on more of a scoring role with Roach back. Of course, Tyrese Proctor kind of expected to take, take a leap, and they got some other guys coming in as well. But I think Filipowski is going to be the straw that stirs the drink for Duke. And I think Duke's going to be a a perennial top 10 team throughout the year. And I think there's a lot of preseason hype for Filipowski, which as much as that shouldn't necessarily matter at the end of the year, it certainly does. And I think unless Filipowski really falls on his face, I think there's a really good chance he's at the minimum a third teamer, but there's a pretty good chance he ends up on that first team as well.
1: Yeah. I think there are so many bigs. It leads you to a question of how many can be first teamers because Mm -hmm. The projections basically have four bigs, right? Uh, I will go with another guard. I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a premium on guards and just see if I can corner the market. I'm going to go with Mm -hmm. Isaiah Collier of USC. Mm -hmm. Um, If if they're as good as USC hopes they can be, he should be an all American because he'll be the straw that stirs the drink. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to go with Isaiah Collier and hopefully corner the market on guards.
0: Yeah, I I was kind of doing a little research beforehand on this and trying to look at how often freshmen are like first team All-Americans. Brandon Miller was last year. Collier obviously is expected to be the most productive or at least one of the most productive freshmen in the country. I think you look at USC and, and obviously Bronny's health is a big conversation for them, but it's probably not going to cut into Collier's production all that much. He's going to be the starting guy. I'm really curious how Collier and Boogie Ellis kind of how that works together in that backcourt, but I think that Collier's got the, got the juice to be the kind of guy who really uh, has a tremendous season as a, as a freshman and, and puts himself in this conversation. Well, I have to decide if I want to take another big or not. There are quite a few bigs that I really like that I really do think are going to be All-Americans, but you know, probably more likely to be second-teamers at this point, so it kind of makes the conversation a little bit tougher. All right, I'm going to do it. Uh, Give me Armando Baycott. Fifth year guy uh, coming back for North Carolina. I think he's the first ever um, uh, McDonald's All-American to play five years of college basketball. Just kind of a weird thing that has happened in the modern college basketball game where his skill set is just not valued in the NBA. He's, of course, able to make money. He's taken a lot of advantage of the NIL opportunities. Uh, We will see how Carolina looks. I think the guard rotation is going to be a little bit healthier this year because Caleb Love just and R.J. Davis just didn't mesh all that well. Of course, Caleb Love at Arizona. Now, I think with R.J. Davis, with Cormac Ryan, with Harrison Ingram, I think there's a a bit more of a balanced roster for Hubert Davis. And hopefully what that leads to is more touches for Baycott on the block, uh, more opportunities for him to get rebounds and just kind of put up similar, if not slightly better production than he had last year. Uh, Carolina's kind of a tough team to pin down right now but if they finish in the top 20 and the top 15 which i think is very possible uh, i think Baycott's going to be taken home yet another all-american nomination uh, for the big man from north carolina
1: yeah baycott's an interesting one because if if north carolina repeats what they did last year i think he's the odd man out of all these big guys yeah but he's got a ton of talent
0: well we're going to continue drafting our all-american picks for the upcoming 23-24 college basketball season but first Today's episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by PrizePix. Picks. PricePix Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like their Taco Tuesday deals. Every Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide you with even more value. With picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for NFL games or college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Folks, this is unprecedented in the daily fantasy space. PricePix is the only platform with injury insurance. And folks, this app is super, super easy to use. All you have to do is you pick two or more players. You choose more or less with the given stats. So if you're starting a game, Zach Eady over under 19 and a half points, and you hit over, he scores 20 points, boom, you make money. It is literally that simple. So go to pricefix.com slash college and use promo code Lockdown College for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's pricefix.com slash college. Use promo code College for a first deposit match of up to $100. PriceFix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Folks, today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best and most qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Because LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and they do it for free. It's super easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs and then you just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. From there, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. Because right now hiring the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business And that's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors linkedin jobs once again helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster so post your job for free at linkedin.com locked on college that's linkedin.com locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply folks want to thank all of you for making locked on college basketball your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those everyday listeners checking the show out on YouTube. We also have a new Discord channel. You will see a link to that in the show notes. Click that. You can join us. We're talking college hoops 24-7. We also got one more conference preview closing out the week with the conference preview on the Atlantic 10 conference before we get into our bold predictions and everything else at the start of the college basketball season. We are barely a week away, folks. It is almost here. But right now we are going to continue our All American Draft: Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson, Tyler Kolek, Kyle Filipowski, Isaiah Collier, and Armando Baycott. Were the first six players selected? Leaf is up for player number seven as we continue to project who we think are going to be All Americans next year. Leaf, who do you got?
1: I was thinking about taking this guy number two, so I'm our number three. So I'm mm-hmm. really happy he fell for me here. Uh, I'm going to take Ryan Culkrenner. Yeah. I think Ryan Kalkbrenner is going to win the defensive player of the year nationally. Uh, and I think he'll score 15 plus points per game. And then you throw in rebounds, probably eight, nine plus. And to me, that's a first team All-American. Mm-hmm. And I think he could fall because Dickinson and Edie put up just higher numbers because there's less competition on their team for scoring touches. So he could fall to a second teamer, but I think he's a surefire All-American and uh, you saw his value to Creighton last year when he was out. They were terrible when he was mm-hmm. in. They were really, really good. Um, so I, I'm I'm feeling very good about this pick. I was really worried when you said you were going for a third big that it was mm-hmm. going to be him.
0: Yeah, I was I was debating between Kalk Brenner and Baycott and one other big. and ultimately went with Baycott. As soon as you said Kalkbrenner, I felt a twinge of regret because I think he's probably a really safe bet because of that defensive ability that he has and because of how impactful it clearly was for him last year for Creighton. So that's a that's a really nice pick there. I feel like I should probably go with a guard. I know I don't need to, but I've gone with Biggs every single pick so far. Uh, there's a couple of guards I'm thinking about here. I'm going to go with a guard out of the SEC and Wade Taylor, the fourth uh, at Texas A&M. I think a and a team that uh, we're starting to see some more momentum for them. I know, Leaf, you're pretty high on them. I've seen, uh, I think it was Matt Norlander at CBS had them as like a top 10 team heading into the season. I think he had them sixth on his ranking. So we are seeing some more momentum for A&M as potentially being the cream of the crop in the SEC. Wade Taylor was 16 points per game as a freshman last year. I think if this team... Uh, is top two, top three in the SEC, and Wade Taylor's back up in that 16, 18 point per game range. He could be a guy who finds himself with an All-American award at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I like Wade Taylor. I'm going to stick with the SEC. I'm going to try to get a wing here, and I'm going to try to pinpoint. I'm going to take Riley Kugel of Florida. Mm -hmm. There you go. Someone I've been high on for for, since beginning of last year, maybe even before the year started, if you go through my Twitter feed. Uh, I think he's going to lead the SEC in scoring. And I think there's a chance that Florida is better than people think. And if he's the leading, the SEC in scoring, I think there's a chance he's an All-American. This is a riskier pick. I think there's a guy mm-hmm. that's safer mm-hmm. that, I, that I have in mind. But I, I kind of want to see if I can get this small forward type of role right off the bat in, the, uh, in this little exercise and just mm-hmm. see if I can get the elusive first-team All-American <laughs> that no one's thinking about.
0: Yeah, no, I, I like Riley Kugel as, as kind of a dark horse pick. Certainly, uh, if he does end up in that in that conversation, this is the kind of the pick that can, quote-unquote, win you this type of exercise. So I like taking a shot there. I know that you've definitely been high on Kugel throughout this uh, this offseason. So I'm going to go – there's kind of an obvious guy still sitting there that I'm just a little worried about, and I, I'm sure he'll come up eventually, but I think I'm going to pass on him once again. Um, and I'm going to go with somebody that maybe people will accuse me of being a homer. We'll see, but I'm going to go with Ryan Nemhard. Uh, at Gonzaga, obviously a guy who who was a really talented point guard for two years at Creighton, has already played thirty plus minutes per game. Dropped thirty points in that game against Baylor to help lead them uh, into the Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight for for Creighton. So, uh, Gonzaga has done tremendous things with guards. They did tremendous things with Ryan's older brother Andrew when he was there. I think uh, there's a lot of pressure on him to produce in a Gonzaga roster that doesn't have Drew Timmy, that doesn't have some of the obvious uh, scoring threats that they've had in the past. So, I think Ryan has a real chance to to be the facilitator for Gonzaga's offense, but also potentially lead this team in scoring or maybe be in the top two. And I think that might be enough for him as a guy who already has a lot of pedigree and recognition to potentially be uh, in that All-American conversation.
1: Yeah, I was between him and one other guard, so I might as well just take him here. I'm going to take Tyrese Proctor of Duke. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he's the best player on Duke. I think Filipowski is the most nationally recognized, but I Mm -hmm. think Proctor's better. I think Proctor was better last year. And uh, I hope he gets the recognition he deserves because he is a sensational player. Yeah, Uh, Someone who's the best defender on a team and also makes the team go for what I think is the best team in the country. So Mm -hmm. I feel pretty good about that pick. Uh, I I have another guy. I'm just hoping you don't take him kind of worried now, though.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll see. I'm going with the guard here, so I don't know if that makes you nervous or not. Um, I'm I'm leaving the other guy that I talked about previously, but uh, I'm going with Tyson Walker. Tyson Walker, a guy who averaged about 15 per game last year. Uh, Michigan State's continually considered one of the top five teams in the country, in part because of the continuity that they have on this roster from a team that made a deep run in March last year. They're a really veteran team, ton of older guys coming back on this team. Walker, a fifth-year guy, of course, and, and I think just... He's probably going to be one of the biggest keys, if not the biggest key for this Michigan State team if they truly finish as a top 10 team uh, or top five team potentially under Tom Izzo. I think Walker's the kind of guy who, who might end up getting. Uh, he strikes me as like a, a pretty safe bet to be like at least a third team, or I don't know if he's going to climb all the way up. So it's maybe less of a, it's more of a safer pick. But I think Walker's a guy who who should be in that conversation uh, when the year finishes. I love I love Tyson Walker. I think Michigan State is the team I'm adopting
1: to be my favorite, so you got to get someone off the good teams. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm all for it. Uh, I'm torn again. Do I go guard or big? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with another guard. I'm going to go with Trey Alexander of Creighton. I think that he is the best player in terms of who's going to score. They're going to be a top-10 team, Mm -hmm. and I think he's going to play the one – like Ashworth is pigeonholed as the point guard, but he's more going to play off ball and shoot. I mm-hmm. think Alexander is going to get the ball late in games and score. I, I think he'll be a 16, and 16, 5, and 4 guy on mm-hmm. a top 10 team in the country.
0: Yeah, I, Alexander was on my list right there as well. Again, Creighton's probably maybe going to have three guys, certainly already has two guys in this conversation, a, a team that's just loaded with talent. It'll be interesting to see how all of that is spread out. Uh, for this roster, but I think ultimately Alexander, Kalkbrenner, and, and again perhaps some other guys we'll get to later uh, are definitely all American caliber players, and I think if they play at that level, Creighton's going to be really really good this upcoming season. All right, I teased this guy a couple times already, so I'm going to take him here. It's Donovan Klingin. Uh Obviously, there's some injury stuff with him right now that I think is is a little bit scary in terms of if he if he potentially misses some time, that could certainly cost him all American, um, cost him an all American nod, but there was a ton of hype about this young man last year of course playing behind Adama uh, his production in a in a limited role was through the roof uh, now he steps into a presumably much bigger role for Yukon Obviously, Danny Hurley's team is going to be in that top 10 conversation. Defending champs are always going to get a lot of love uh, in preseason awards. And of course, going throughout the season, I think Klingon's ability to uh, to impact the game on both sides of the ball. He's a good rim protector. He's a good scorer. He's got really good footwork. Again, he needs to stay healthy. He needs to prove he can play You know, consistently 25, 28, maybe 30 minutes per night. Uh, we'll see kind of what that looks like. But even if he's only in the 23, 25 minute per game range, if UConn's a top five, top 10 team, and he's really, really efficient, really productive, that still might be enough for him to be in this conversation, uh, even if uh, he's not necessarily playing 30 minutes per night like a lot of these other guys are probably going to do.
1: Yeah, I think, I think Klingon, I watched Marquette and UConn yesterday just mm-hmm. for fun. Mm-hmm. And it was Klingon had five blocks and like 20 altered shots in like mm-hmm. a 20 minute performance and it was ridiculous.
0: Yeah. He's a, he is an absolute dude. I'm really excited to see what he looks like this season. Well, folks, we're going to close out today's show with our final picks for next year's all Americans, as well as some honorable mentions. We're going to discuss this exercise as a whole, all that coming up after a word from today's sponsor FanDuel. Football season is here, folks, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all year long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every single time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every single victory. You can use those bonus bets on spreads, on player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, folks, closing out the show today, continuing our draft of potential All-Americans for the 23-24 college basketball season. We each got three more picks. I'll give you each of our teams here real quickly before we go. Leaf has Zach Eadie, Tyler Kolek, Isaiah Collier, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Riley Kugel, Tyrese Proctor, and Trey Alexander. My squad right now is Hunter Dickinson, Kyle Filipowski, Armando Baycott, Wade Taylor, Ryan Nemhard, Tyson Walker, and Donovan Klingon. Leaf. Who are you taking for your next projected All-American this upcoming season?
1: I'm going to go with the only guy left in my projected top 10. So first and second team, I'm going to go with Trayvon Brazil Mm, of Arkansas. I think if Arkansas has the season that some prognosticators think they can. He'll be the focal point of that offense. Mm-hmm. He was awesome last year, and I really wonder what Arkansas could have been. I know they made the Sweet 16, but the regular season was pretty disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's got a really good chance to be one of the leading scorers in the SEC and be a highlight f- factory as a scorer and a defender.
0: I like that pick. Uh, I, you know, He's one of those guys that, that I think uh, the injury – Question is certainly there, but Arkansas is a team that is a lot of people are kind of mysterious on because they have so many newcomers because of Brazil's health, but certainly this is the team that could make some real noise, particularly if he can come in and and be an impact player right away. I'm going with a not new to the Big 12 player, although he's on a new to the Big 12 team, uh, and that would be L.J. Cryer, of course, transferring over from Baylor. After three years with the Bears, he's now with the Houston Cougars and Kelvin Sampson. I'm going to kind of try to help replace that that loss of Marcus Sasser. I think Cryer and Shedd is a really fun and interesting backcourt. Cryer averaged 15 per game last year. Very, very good outside shooter. Uh, you know, not a not a great facilitator necessarily. That's probably not going to be the role he's asked to do with Shed in the in the mix for Houston. But I think Cryer's a guy who could come in and, and potentially lead the Cougs in scoring. And if Houston has a really good year in the Big 12 and kind of proves that they're they deserve to be there and they're still a top, you know, 10 ish team throughout the year. And Cryer's kind of the guy who, who makes things happen for the Cougs. I think there's a pretty good chance that he ends up in this conversation at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I think LJ Cryer is probably the most volume scorer on a team that should be top 10, and that typically yields results. Uh, speaking of volume score on a team that I think will maybe get into the tournament, I'm going to go with Bryce Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I So I've taken a lot of Big East players, but I think that's the best league in basketball this year, yeah. and I think he's going to be the lead scorer in the Big East. And so if that's the case, I feel pretty good about this chance. Um he's he's someone that I think will give you 18 and 8 and mm-hmm. he was already a big east first teamer last year I expect him to be that again
0: yeah that's another really really solid pick i'm also going to go with the player in the big east a player who missed a lot of time last year but uh, if he's healthy this year for the entire season, I think he's got a chance to be perhaps the best player on what I think is a really loaded Villanova squad. Uh, And that's of course, Justin Moore, Justin Moore, fifth year guy, only 13 games last year, but averaged 13 and a half points the year prior. He was about 15 points, five boards, two and a half assists. Uh, I think Justin Moore, again, with some more talent around him, you know, with Hakeem Hart coming in with TJ Bamba coming in with Eric Dixon back, like I think this is a really solid Villanova squad. I think they're a team that, I'm not sure they're entirely getting slept on. I know I discussed them being a little lower in the AP poll than I thought they maybe should have been, but uh, certainly they have to kind of prove it with Kyle Neptune in year two and with last year not going so well. But to me, uh, Justin Moore could be one of the most important players in the, in the entire country, quite frankly. Uh, and if he does what he's capable of doing and Villanova does what they're capable of doing, he's absolutely going to be in this conversation at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think if Villanova's what they should be. I have number 12 in my, my rankings, or maybe they're mm-hmm. 11 even. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're pretty awesome and he's going to be the most recognizable face. I think they're going to have an egalitarian attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So my last pick, I'm going to go with a guy I don't actually think is as good as many do, <laughs> but I think he's got a pretty good chance to be here. I'm going to mm-hmm. go TJ Shannon of Illinois. Yeah. I think he may be the second or third leading scorer in the big 10. And I think he's improved greatly year to year. And if Illinois is a top four or five seed in March, uh, he will be greatly responsible.
0: Yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, And one of the three or four guys that I've been kind of tossing around in my head before uh, looking at this final pick, you kind of threw me for a loop because I think I was probably just going to default and go with him. But uh, certainly a guy who, who can put up that kind of scoring in the Big Ten, especially if Illinois does well in that conference, he'll be he'll be right in that conversation. Okay. Looking at a couple mid-major guards, looking at a couple other bigs, but I think that there's just so many good bigs that the odds of, you know, I I just worry that there's not enough space for all of these bigs. So I'm going to go with a transfer guard who transfers into the big 12 uh, and Tyler Perry, Uh, you know, kind of replacing that Marquise Noel type of production for Jerome Tang's squad. Tyler Perry was really, really good at North Texas last year. I think there's a, a really good chance for him to be that caliber of performer in the Big 12, uh, even even making that jump from North Texas. Again, we've seen Jerome Tang do really good things with guards in the past, like he did last year. Uh, Tyler Perry is an incredible shooter, an incredible scorer. I I can't imagine that those skills won't translate to this level. And I think he's the kind of guy who, who, you know, Kansas State's kind of flying a little bit under the radar because people are focusing on who they lost. Uh, But they bring in Perry, they bring in Arthur Kaluma. I think this is a team that could make some real noise and be a a top 25 kind of on the peripheries at the top 25 all year long. And if Tyler Perry is the best player on that team and they do make a run in the big 12, they, they maybe push to a big 12 conference championship, get themselves another, you know, five or six seed in the big dance. I think Tyler Perry is going to be in that conversation without a doubt.
1: Yeah. I've got them as to my number 15 team coming into the year. So I'm, I'm really high on them. And so I, I like that pick. Uh, He was definitely on my
0: radar. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about some uh, some some guys who missed the cut because I, I see a handful of guys that people are probably wondering why we didn't pick them, and I think that's reasonable. Again, only 20 guys here. There's a lot of really good players in college basketball. Only 15 of them are going to make the All-Americans. I somehow doubt that we got 15 out of 20. There are certainly some guys who are going to be All-Americans that we didn't list here. That's just the nature of college basketball. If we could predict everything, it wouldn't be all that much fun to watch. But, uh, Leif, who are some guys who, who we didn't discuss here who you think, hey, there's a pretty good chance that guy's going to be an All-American or, or somebody that you're just maybe surprised didn't come up?
1: Um, I, I think there's a chance that DJ Wagner, Reese Beekman mm-hmm. gets a guard spot just because I think the guard is a less saturated spot for talent this year, whereas mm-hmm. last year the guards were super prevalent and the bigs mm-hmm. became more and more important. Um, so I, I think those are two that stick out to me as, hey, maybe Beekman outperforms Proctor in the ACC. Maybe Kolek doesn't have the counting stats that sometimes draw the mm-hmm. attention, and Wagner and Collier are the two guys that – I mean, obviously Collier we took, mm-hmm. um, but Wagner's the other freshman that's super heralded, and I think there's a chance that uh, Kentucky puts up big numbers.
0: Yeah. Uh, a couple Pac-12 guys that stood out to me that didn't get mentioned here, Umar Balo from Arizona, he's dealing with injuries right now. He didn't play in their first exhibition game, but if he's healthy and Arizona is the team that runs away with the Pac-12 – there's a pretty good chance he's in this conversation. A guy who's put up big numbers for the last couple of years for the Wildcats. Uh, Boogie Ellis, again, what his role looks like alongside Isaiah Collier is a big question mark for Coach Andy Enfield and the Trojans, but Ellis averaged 18 points per game. If USC truly is a top 25, top 20 caliber team, and Ellis is back in that 15, 20 range, I think he could get into this conversation. Those are two kind of power guys that stood out to me. Uh, RJ Davis is another one. Again, I think just North Carolina is a a team that typically has guys in this conversation. Baycott's probably the most likely guy to be an All-American coming from the Tar Heels, but maybe R.J. Davis shows some improvement without Caleb Love kind of dragging him down a little bit in the backcourt, and I think that could be a, a way for him to potentially sneak into this conversation.
1: Yeah, I think I think you got to look at teams that are going to overperform a little bit. And, and one I think is expected to be worse than I anticipate them to be is UCLA. I think um, mm-hmm. Adem Bona's got a chance. Yeah. And then another guy that I think is going to have a chance just because their team's really good, and we've mentioned a teammate of his, Oso Iguodaro. Yeah. Um, I think with Donovan Klingon, for instance, being injured to start the year, maybe Oso Iguodaro builds up some traction mm-hmm. as one of the foremost bigs for one of the foremost teams. Uh, Especially if they win Maui or something like that, Um, so I I think they're both worth mentioning. But the big is—I mean, we've named—I think we've named nine bigs right now, and and I don't think any of them are unlikely at all.
0: All right, this is gonna be my last question, and I'll answer it first because I'm throwing this at you without giving you any warning. Leaf. What about a dark horse guy, like a out of nowhere, maybe a mid-major guy, maybe just somebody that's not being talked about all that much? I'll go first. Give you some time to think on it. I'm going with Jamal Mashburn Jr. at New Mexico. This dude averaged about 20 a game last year. I think New Mexico is a team that probably won't win the Mountain West just because San Diego State is really good. And they reloaded after a roster that, of course, wins the national championship game last year. Uh, But the backcourt duo, of Jamal Mashburn and uh, House for that team is really, really good for New Mexico. Jalen House, Jamal Mashburn, and I think Mashburn. If New Mexico finishes second, if they kind of hover around the top 25 and he averages 20 a game, maybe he sneaks into that third team conversation, going with him as a dark horse.
1: Okay, I've got two. Neither That's of nice. them are crazy dark horse, but but they're both mid majors. Uh, one would be Aiden Mahaney at mm-hmm. St. Mary's. Yeah. And the other would be Duran Holmes of mm-hmm. Dayton. Yeah. I think Duran Holmes comes back after most people prognosticated him to go to the NBA. He didn't perform mm-hmm. well at the combine. I was there. I think this motivates him to shoot more threes. I watched their scrimmage against Ohio state the other day and he stood out knocking down threes. Uh, He's an interior presence, both offensively and defensively. I think it's hard to get in as a big, but he probably averages about 18 and 10 and -hmm. that gives you a chance.
0: Yeah. I like those picks. They were both on my list as potential uh, candidates to make this team uh, outright, and I think both of them have very real chances. Aiden Mahaney is really, really good and and scary and a guy who, who nobody wants to face uh, in the WCC or just really in all of college basketball. That's going to wrap us up for today here on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Again, we got the A-10 preview to finish our conference preview series on Friday. That'll be myself and Isaac Shade, my co-host. Next week, we'll start doing bold predictions. We'll start doing some mailbag stuff. We'll start making our AP Top 25 or our Top 25 predictions. All that stuff coming up next week. So have a fantastic weekend. Come back on Friday for that A-10 preview. Hit that subscribe button. Join our Discord channel. The links are in the show notes below as well. And until next time, as always. Peace out.